Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Hello. Welcome back into Circle City Cinema. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined by my good friend, the man who I went to see this movie with that we're talking about tonight, Bryce Shaddy. Bryce. We're talking Marty. We're talking yeah, we Flower Moon. We're talking Leo. It's uh, it's gonna get real. It's gonna get real tonight. There's gonna be some things said from a historic perspective that I'm I'm ready to say. I didn't oh. think I'd be ready to say, but after thinking, so we're throwing on down weekend, gauntlets. We're throwing down, we're gauntlets, throwing down gauntlets. We okay. are. We are. Okay. Well, I gotta say. Hey Zach, I, I'm I'm gonna lead with this. So I actually I actually have a scratch sheet of paper uh, here that I normally take notes or make quick lists because you always like to throw crap at me all the time on these pods. Sure. And I actually found my list of most anticipated movies of the year of this year. Now I think we did this maybe in, in March, February, sometime early in the yeah, year. Yeah, we did this once before. So I'm just gonna read off my top five to you, and we're just gonna see how this aged. Okay. okay. Number one. The so models. my number one is not. It is not. <laughs> number one was Oppenheimer, certified banger. Yeah. Number two. The Flash, because I, I, I distinctly remember saying there's no way this movie can suck the way that they marketed this movie. And guess what? It guess sucked. What? It sucked it's, so bad. It sucked. Number three is pain. What was number three? Dune 2. Pain. Uh... Pain. That's painful. That's painful. Number four <laughs> was uh, this movie that we're going to talk about tonight, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, you know, anytime you get Scorsese and Leo, it's on. You know? Oh, yeah. And then number five, I, I didn't even go see this, and I still haven't seen it. Fast X. Heard it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it either. I, I, had, I had other things written down here. I had Mission Impossible, which was good. I had Indiana Jones, which was fine, and I had Spider Man uh, uh, across the universe, uh, Spider Verse, which I still haven't watched myself. So, uh, but that was it. So I, this was on our uh, my most anticipated movies of the year list, and it's here, and I'm excited that we get to talk about it. Yeah, it was on mine too. Uh, I wish I had, I wish I had my list handy, but I know this was on there. I know Oppenheimer was on there. Uh, pretty sure Barbie was on there as well. Dune 2 for sure was on there. That's just, uh, uh, pain. Yeah, that's, that's going to haunt us until it actually comes out. But, um, it's gonna be you know, we're going to get into the release schedule in a little bit, Bryce, but there's not a ton left this year. Uh, but one movie I think was on my list actually, I saw over the weekend. I did not think I was going to see it in theaters. I thought I was going to wait for it to come out uh, for Netflix like everybody else, but ended up seeing it. Uh, But we'll get to that 
we'll get to that in a little bit. Bryce, we gotta we gotta start the show with some somber news. Uh, we had Matthew Perry pass away over the weekend. Uh, obviously, one of the the stars of Friends. Bryce, we all know he had some demons, but this was a sh- a shocking death to me, nonetheless. I didn't I didn't uh, not something I expected to see to come across my phone on on Saturday night. Not at all. Yeah, tough loss. Um, obviously, didn't hasn't looked well um, lately. You know, if you watched the Friends reunion on Max, like I did, uh, you know, wasn't in a in great shape. Um, I think being around the cast, he looked kind of happy though. But um, he was kind of acting strangely though. Some of the stuff that he was tweeting and his interactions with fans online. It is sad, especially to see somebody with that kind of talent and that much impact on on uh, on television yeah. itself. I mean, it'll go down as one of the, we're going to talk about it, you know, kind of the way like our parents talks about like Cheers and, uh, you know, some of those early sitcoms. Uh, so it is sad. It is sad. By no means, unfortunately, am I shocked, though, um, given his, you know, his history. Well, it's you're right. He's gonna go down. It's the show's gonna go down as one of the best sitcoms of all time. And he was my favorite character off off the show. I thought he was the really? funniest oh, character. Just, yeah, just, I thought he was the funniest. He had the best lines. Uh, his sense of humor. That's that's kind of my humor as well. The sarcastic, um, just saying whatever comes to your mind. That's really what. I loved about the character Chandler. Um, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss. Uh, I'm gonna miss him. It's it's. He died pretty young. He was only 54. Um, it's so very very sad. Very very sad. Uh, but Bryce, moving on to the kind of things we've seen lately. Uh, I haven't seen this movie, but a lot of other people have, and they're not happy with it. Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I think I'm going to end up watching this movie this coming weekend. It's available on Peacock. Uh, right now, Bryce, a whopping 33 meta score. Oh, no. uh, 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It is the most popular thing on IMDb right now. It's number one trending sure. on IMDb. Um, but we thought we were going to get the Hutchison's Bryce. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. It looks like the Hutchison's but for our boy Josh is going to have to wait. It's dead. Yeah, but, dead before he hit the... Yeah. That is tough. I, I, I'm going to try to watch it too. I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, I saw... The, they shoved the trailer down our throats enough and they ran, I thought, a pretty solid social media campaign. Our boy George Bryce on TikTok. Movies and stuff. <laughs> he... He did not like this movie. He did not like this movie. He took some shots at it in his review. Basically said he didn't know what it wanted to be. Uh, but whether it was going to be a horror movie or make fun of itself or try and be serious, it, it didn't know. So that's usually not a good sign, but definitely going to watch it. Uh, Bryce, the movie I was referencing earlier that's coming out on Netflix soon, The Killer. <laughs> the Killer. I remember on Friday... You even asked me, are you going to see the killer in theaters? I said, no. 
I said, no, I'm not. And I was, I said, I was going to wait. And then I was hanging out with uh, my good friend, Cooper Ogle, uh, was consoling him. Yeah. He had his cat passed away. So we were hanging out and he, uh, he said, let's go see a movie. And I was like, great. So I pulled up, uh, pulled up my usual movie apps, whether it's AMC, nothing really at AMC. So I looked at Fandango, the killer, the killer popped up. It was playing 40 minutes away from us. So it was a little bit of a drive, but if we left at that exact moment, we would have made it. So we left. Uh, we went to the landmark Keystone Cinema, which pretty cool, pretty cool theater. I'd never been in there. It's on uh, the second floor of that mall. Uh, really kind of small, but they gave me a physical ticket, which I liked. I kept it. Oh, I kept okay. it. Yeah, I kept the ticket. Um, and this was an amazing. It was an amazing movie. It was an amazing. You're you are gonna love this movie. You're gonna love this movie. This is like a very detail oriented, rigid, matter of fact movie, where Michael Fassbender plays this contract killer. Uh, something goes wrong in his uh, opening contract, and then the the client, if you will takes it out on him and then the rest of the movie is just him kind of just very systematically getting revenge and it had one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen Um, our boy George Bryce already had it in his top five Fincher films I'm not going to disagree matter of fact I might have a little higher than five Uh, it it was awesome It's, it's right up our alleys right up our alleys this is gonna, this is gonna rock Netflix when it comes. I I can't wait. I can't wait for this movie. Okay. Well, I, you know, we just need to see if our boy George would come on our pod sometime. Jay, I think he would. I think he, he's on point, Eastern yeah. time. Yeah, he's on you know, Eastern time. I'm very excited for this movie as well. I'm a Fincher guy. I like Fastbender. Um, Fastbender has been kind of quiet lately, so um, this this will obviously be good, and he'll remind everybody that you know he's still one of the best. Continue to watch that Assassin's Creed out of the mouths of of viewers uh, that are familiar with Fastbender. Yeah, um, yeah, I know you have uh, you take issue with Assassin's Creed. I do have a big issue with Assassin's Creed. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> It, it, I, I, honestly, Zach, I've erased so much of it. I don't even remember what happened. I just know he was in it, and I'm sure he would not like to be in it anymore. So this this uh, is 7.4 on IMDb right now. It's too low. It's well, too low. It, it should it, be probably a lot of people seven, haven't seven. seen it enough. You know, I, I'll tell you who probably hasn't seen it, Zach. The Escape Podcast. Oh well, that's a given. That's Escape a Podcast given. hasn't hasn't seen this film. The the casuals of the uh, movie influencer or a uh, content influencer uh, realm there. They definitely haven't seen it. So, so there's that, but, but uh, you're going to love this movie. I guarantee it. You're going to love it. I'm stoked, man. I'm super stoked for it. Very excited. I, I, I got to uh, watch a movie this weekend that I had never seen before. Zach, yeah. I watched white men can't jump. 
for the first time. Wow. Ah, the, 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 the original, the original, the good one. Yeah. Make no mistake. We are not, uh, we're not Jack Carlos stands. Uh, but uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time. It's, it's fun, man. Harold, young Harrelson. Nothing's changed. Tim still Woody. So I thought it was fun. I had a good time with it. Wesley. Wesley man stacked. Wesley. That man is stacked. Yeah, he's he's chiseled. That was prime Wesley. Yeah, that was prime Wesley. Can ball he, a little yeah. bit. Oh yeah, I feel for that movie. I feel like you had to have its at least some basketball ability, at least some. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good movie. Very far cry from its uh, its remake. That didn't need to happen, but. Uh, yeah, The Killer. Check out The Killer. Comes out on Netflix November 11th. I also saw Saw X, Bryce. I know you're not into the Saw franchise. I am not. But if someone wanted to get into it, I would say start with the first one and then go to Saw X because they're probably the least gory out of all of them. Out of the 10 now, I guess. Um, and they have the best plots. And the best acting. So now, the first many, one has. How many have you seen? How many have I seen? Uh, I think I have seen five. I think I've how seen many? five. Okay. I think I've seen five. Okay. So uh, I've seen about half. I didn't see Spiral, which I think was the one that came out before this. Yeah, Chris Rock. Uh, Cooper said it was fine. Yeah, with Chris Rock. But uh, I, I was really impressed by this movie. I give it a seven out of ten. I thought it was oh, interesting. One of the best horror movies I've seen in the past couple of years. Oh, really good. Okay. Talk to me ahead really of good. it. Yeah, talk to me ahead of it. Talk to okay. me ahead of it. Still need to see that. But basically, the plot is Jigsaw dying from cancer, which is a plot line in the main series. Dying from cancer, uh, trying to. He's he's gonna give this like revolutionary treatment in Mexico a try, but it's illegal, so he has to get there through unorthodox means. Basically, gets there, they put him under for treatment, wakes up, they tell him to take this like serum thing, and the cancer will be eradicated basically, and then he for some reason he has to go back to. The facility where he had the treatment, he gets there, everybody's gone, the place is trashed, he comes across some video, basically finds out the whole thing was a scam, unwraps his head bandage, and finds out they never did surgery. So, basically the rest of the movie is him getting revenge on the people who ran the quote-unquote hospital, so really good stuff. I really liked it. Uh, but Bryce, if we get into the release schedule for the rest of the year, it's it's a little up and down. I, I put down some some notable ones, uh, four in particular that I thought uh, I was going to see no matter what. But uh, Priscilla on November third this weekend, kind of iffy on this one. I don't know if we really need this. We might be getting too cute with the Elvis lore, Bryce. Gotta be honest. A little bit. 
It is Coppola, though. We have her, you know, it's Sofia Coppola. Yeah, she's very good. Very good. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. This is probably a wait for me. Uh, wait and see. Um, but, hey, man, if it pans out, I might end up sneaking this in. Yeah, it's a wait and see for me as well. Um, if it gets good reviews, it could be a Tuesday night special for me. Uh, November 10th, we have the Marvels, but we also have the Holdovers, which I think I am more likely to see than the Marvels, which I, a couple of years ago, I never would have said that. But the Holdovers, <laughs> Paul Giamatti movie, Bryce, they showed a trailer yeah, for it. Yeah, interesting marketing for that. This. Yeah, I thought it was a good trailer. Uh, I like the look of it, so I'm probably going to stack of it to be also a Tuesday night special. Uh, November 11th, Netflix, uh, The Killer, like we mentioned. And then November 17th, Bryce, we have The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I'm going to be honest, not going to see that in theaters. I'm going to wait for that. And then Thanksgiving on the same day on November 17th. Thanksgiving, Bryce. We've talked about this. We've talked about this. Uh, we're not thrilled with Addison Ray, but the plot is... It's intriguing enough that we are probably in on this. Um, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I mean, it's Eli Roth. You know, normally he's kind of twisted. Uh, I don't know. I don't get that vibe from this one. It just seems like a straight up slasher film and I'm here for it. You know, I love good slasher. Give me some good kills. Decent plot enough. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm here for it as well. Uh, I was initially iffy, like you said, because of the Addison Ray and whatnot. But, um, you know, the trailer, the latest trailer they showed, uh, actually when I went to see Saw X, I was like, you know what? Fine. Uh, a killer dressed up as a pilgrim in Plymouth where Thanksgiving started. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I was telling you today, I'm all for making the horror season. Just make it from October to November. Just just make it. Just make it the two months. Whatever. Who cares? Uh but you know my terms. You know you know my terms for this one. I know your so. terms. I know your terms. <laughs> <laughs> you know my terms. Uh then November twenty second JFK Day. We have Napoleon Bryce. The Ridley Scott Walking Phoenix reunion. You in, and I are hyped for this. In. We are totally in. in. I am like all chips in to the center of the table. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't even care if this movie is like a C plus. Like I just I'm glad we're getting a big scale Ridley movie again. Uh with probably the best or second best actor working right now he i mean he's right up there i don't think they've worked together since gladiator bryce i think that was the last i really do think that was the last time that they worked together which i can't believe it's been unless i'm just totally blanking on something but i think that was it uh yeah, you're probably right definitely definitely some oscar potential with this one uh if everything goes right apple bryce just throw, throwing heat apple Absolutely. throwing heat this year yeah, quality over quantity, baby. Shove it, Netflix. Apple throwing heat this year in both realms. They, you know, they had the Ted Lasso season. They have Napoleon. They have Flower Moon. 
the Tetris movie, which a lot of people seem to like. So they're not they're not fucking around this year. And then in December we have Wonka on the fifteenth. We have Aquaman two on the twenty second, and then no. we have Ferrari on Christmas Day. <laughs> Ferrari's the one out of three I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Michael Mann's first movie since Black Hat. Um, Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari. Penelope Cruz playing his wife. Uh, Shailene Woodley in the movie as well. Trailer looked awesome. Uh, Neon basically giving, no pun intended, giving Michael Mann the keys for this one, Bryce. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for Ferraris too. An underrated one, Zach. You're going to go with me to see this. Uh, Iron Claw as well, December 22nd, opening the same time as Aquaman. I would much rather watch Iron Claw than Aquaman 2. Um, <laughs> it's just a fact of the matter, man. Um, Iron the Claw, Aquaman 2 trailer is. It, it just... looks awful. <laughs> it looks awful. I, I don't understand where any of this is coming from at all. Uh, Iron Claw is a, a 24 biopic about the Von Eriks, one of the most famous wrestling families in the history of wrestling. Zach Efron oh, yes. star Jeremy Allen White, our boy from the bear, getting a movie, a big time movie role in this. Uh, so I am very excited to see this movie. If you know the Von Erich story, I think you will be intrigued as well. Well, it's a little bit of an unknown story if you're not familiar with, you know, the history of wrestling. So a lot of people may not be interested in this, but I think you're really going to like this, Zach, and I hope that you'll go with me. I'm definitely going. Uh, A24 releasing yep zach efron jeremy allen white harris dickinson lily james holt mccallany holt mccallany yes. our boy from mindhunter yes. Fincher staple he is the father yeah i'm in i'm in another movie speaking of pain that should have been on this list the bike riders ah. uh delayed to next year the austin butler tom hardy michael shannon basically every actor you like yeah, uh, and that everyone likes. Yeah, uh, Jody Comer delayed to next year. That one hurt. That one hurt a lot. But yeah, Wonka, Wonka, Bryce. I don't know. I might be back in on that. I might be back in on that. It's just uh, look. I like Chalamet a lot. I think he's really talented. I think he's. I think he's awesome. But this might have been a miscast. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know if he has the we'll energy we'll for somebody see. like Willy Wonka. I just don't know. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Well, getting in uh, to the movie at hand, Killers of the Flower Moon, the three and a half hour epic by Martin Scorsese, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, <clears throat> Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, uh, Bryce. Incredibly powerful film. Incredibly somber film uh, with one of the weirdest, most heinous Leo characters we've ever had. You know, he hasn't he hasn't played a ton of villains, but this guy's a villain, but he's not your he like he's not the Django Unchained villain where 
it seems like there's no morals to him. Like there's this guy that just like physically can't or is unwilling to take control of his own life. Like he just, he's basically a puppet for his uncle played by De Niro. And then it ends up just, you know, he has a lot of tra him and his wife have a lot of tragedies happen to him. There's a lot of death in this movie. A lot of death. Uh, Bryce, I, I thought this movie was 1A, 1B with Oppenheimer for best movie of the year so far. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I was seriously impressed by this movie. Uh, the the runtime didn't even phase me, Zach. Uh, yeah, you kind of felt that it was that long, but at the same time, you were entertained and you were into the story. Um I thought Scorsese was was see like I, I've I've heard both ways right. It didn't do the Osage people justice, but I felt like it did. I think it it really showed the severity of what happened, and I thought it showed respect to the, the people um, of the Osage Nation. Obviously, we know you know the uh, us Americans we kind of ousted the you know Indians from their land. I thought that that depicted it perfect and the, yeah. the lengths and means that they went to to do that. But this movie was awesome. Scorsese does it again. People, the casuals, if you listen to casuals, they're going to tell you this movie is boring. It's not if you're the escape pod. If you are the escape pod, 100%. <laughs> I've also heard zero, you know, other casuals that need to be, you know, have fight scenes every 30 minutes, you know. And you're looking for storytelling and character development. That's that's the movie right there. I was I was impressed by the movie. I like this movie. I would watch it again. Uh, I thought it was that well done. Uh, and Leo and Scorsese together and, and De Niro are just magic, man. It's just magic. It is just magic. I mean. Unbelievably, I mean, Marty's made his his relationship with both those guys. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, you you can't even. There's no words to describe how important those relationships are. I mean, there was a quote from Scorsese today or yesterday about you know I was sitting down with Bob De Niro and he. I leaned over and asked him, could you believe 50 years ago that we'd be here today? And he was like, hell no. Like this. And, you know, it's not just they've teamed up for a couple movies. Like some some of these movies are like un, undebatably like some of the greatest films of all time. Like they're just, they are. And some of the best performances of all time. And this one, you know, obviously a little too early to put it in the conversation with, you know, the Goodfellas. The departed, the the taxi drivers of the world, but you know, maybe like you said, fifty years down the line, you might be looking at it and be like, "Wow, that was he did that in a in a time where a lot was going on in Hollywood, a lot of uncertainty in Hollywood, still managed to team up with two of the best actors we've ever had, uh, get an out, get an awesome uh, leading actress performance from Gladstone." And who knows? Might win Best Picture. Uh, I think it's definitely going to take home some awards. I don't think it's going to be like The Irishman where it gets nominated for everything and comes home with nothing. 
Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to win some hardware. It's going to win some hardware. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny at times, especially Leo's character, you know, not the brightest guy, not the brightest guy, Ernest, but <laughs> he, he was likable for some of the movie. Like when we first meet him, he's likable, uh, you know, flirting with Gladstone in the taxi. But at the end of the day, like he's just, he's just, a, he's just a shitbag coward. He just does whatever his uncle tells him. Can't, make any decisions of his own can't take control of his own life and betrays his wife in one of the worst ways possible i mean if he he kills basically her whole family yeah yeah i mean (laughs) and that's the thing is i was trying to figure out his character as you know at the beginning we were introduced to him because you're right like he was kind of funny but then kind of didn't know what he was doing and then it seemed like he was competent and then he's not competent it was a whole lot of back and forth with this character which i kind of liked because you almost didn't know what was happening what was going to happen next uh i mean you kind of got a feel for it after a while but you know after he's quote unquote caught he's like he rescinds his state or he confesses yeah. rescinds his confession confesses again it's just it's a whole lot of wishy wash and you could tell like he loved his wife but didn't love his wife it's just it, there's just so much wishy washy stuff from that character um, but I thought Leo did an extremely good job. I think where the performance really sunk in for me, Zach, is when they tell him that his his little daughter has died and he's yes. crying on the jail cell floor, that concrete dirt floor. And I think that's where it just it's like, oh, man, Leo that, did it again, bro. He did it yeah. again. He he's did it cooking. Again. That was the moment. Ernest decided, you know, fuck this, fuck my uncle. I, I, I gotta make my own decision for once. I, and that's, you know, it took his kid dying for him to do that, but just, you're right. That I thought that was his, his best performance. He only has a couple of those in his career where he just turns it on and you're like, man, I mean, there's the bear scene in the Revenant. Uh, there's a couple scenes in the departed, you know, and, in the therapy room, uh, I think on the roof with Damon, that's a great. I think one even when he's well. getting his his hand or his arm crushed by Jack, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, there's a couple in Shutter Island. Obviously, the trailer scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's screaming at himself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then Django course, when he when he uh, uh, cut his hand. Yes, when he cuts his hand. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, when the boat's about to sink, or when uh, he's high talking to the Quaalude on the phone, or yeah, yeah. Or when he drives the Quaalude, yeah, <laughs> just all. so many signatures. Yeah, and honestly, a couple moments in Titanic where you're like, man, this guy, this guy has something, but yeah, it's a this this is gonna it's gonna go in the Hall of Fame for his performances, and that's you know we're doing Leo and Marty top fives tonight, like Leo top Aww. performances and Marty's top five movies. It was not easy, but this this was in consideration for me this this role just because i I had never seen anything like this from him 
where he was playing an unmitigated villain. I mean, sure, he played a villain in Wolf of Wall Street. So, like, that was kind of a tragedy movie. Uh, you know, played a villain in uh, in Django, of course, but I feel like this one was a little different. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the runtime criticism is overrated. Uh, I thought the slow parts and the more riveting parts blended together really nicely. Uh, any quote-unquote dull moments... Uh, they did a good job layering those with like I thought some pretty incredibly delivered dialogue. Absolutely, like when the cops when the when Plemons comes into the billiard hall to take Leo away, you know how he just gets up and tries to talk. Yeah, he made it a off. scene. Like, yeah, it makes a scene. A yeah, bit. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. When Plemons comes to the door, you know the scene in the trailer where he comes to the door, uh, meets Leo for the first time, um. Uh, Leo getting paddled. He got paddled in this film. I forgot about that. I just yeah, Freemasons, dude. I'm telling you, man, something was weird about Freemasons. They, no one talks about what they do in her, and that might be it. That that legitimately might be it. <laughs> I it took a lot of me not to laugh in that. It's like we're watching Leo get paddled by De Niro right now. And hard that too, wasn't on man. My, like, hard like you heard for him to sit after like, that was that yeah that was tough that was something but you know speaking of the acting and the awards for this movie there's not going to be any shortage i mean like i said it it could win best picture i would still have oppenheimer at this moment as the favorite uh there's a lot of narrative for oppenheimer too but at this rate the best picture race is going to come down to those two movies i think um, Oppenheimer will have the like welcome to the club or give him his flowers narrative for Nolan behind it uh, which I think is really great and they'll have the Killian Murphy narrative as well but Killers is going to have the you know quote unquote last hurrah narrative behind it for Marty uh, anytime you have Leo and De Niro in a movie you have a chance uh, especially if you have them together, if you have a chance. Uh, but I think regardless of what happens at the Oscars, if one of these two brings it home, uh, regardless, Bryce, we got two of our great directors of all time giving us some of their best work in this yeah. year. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, uh, we're going to look back on twenty twenty three, and it's just going to be a banger year. I mean, we get, we're getting we're getting not only Nolan, we're getting Scorsese, we're getting Michael Mann, we're getting Ridley Scott. I mean, yes. I, I I don't know. I mean, we'd obviously have to look back, but when we Fincher. get something from all Fincher, how many banger directors can we get in one year? One year. Right. This is going to be the year that brings Hollywood back. It's not the movies that brought Hollywood back. That is Top Gun Maverick. Suck it, Lynn. Yeah, it did. But this is the year that that movies are back in with some good original content. Yes, we're still going off some books and some biopics. But if they're incredibly well done, I have zero issue with that. Zero issue. 
I, I do too. I have zero issue with it. You know, most of Marty's stuff is based on books or people's lives. You know, he's no stranger to biopics. Uh, but those have also been some of his best movies. And, you know, he he's always been, you know, obviously he basically invented the modern gangster movie um, with, with Goodfellas and Casino and Mean Streets and stuff like that. Uh, but I thought it was interesting before this movie, I think this was the first Marty movie I'd ever seen in theaters. Um, because I did not see the Irishman in theaters. I, I waited for that mm-hmm. or I watched that on Netflix, but he had a little intro video before this movie started in AMC. And he was like, you know, this was a very deeply personal project for me. Uh, we took a lot of time and care in this, me and the whole crew did, and basically just said, hope you enjoy it. So that was, that spoke a lot to me that he want, he wanted to do that. Did, I agree. But granted, that seems like the thing to do nowadays. Like Tom Cruise did it during Mission, before the new Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Keanu might've done it before John Wick 4. I think he might've. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. I don't recall that. Maybe he did. But maybe he did. I don't know. I thought somebody as big as Scorsese doing it was was a big deal. But you can expect Leo to be nominated for Best Actor. Uh, that would be his seventh nomination. It would be a sixth nomination for Best Actor. The guy's not even fifty yet. Wow. That'll be a seventh nomination. Oh, he's got time, man. Yeah, he's not even fifty yet, and that'll be his seventh. Six nominations for Best Actor. Uh, you can book Gladstone for Best Actress. Gladstone, Bryce, you know, we talked when we left the theater, basically bedridden the last half of the movie, but... And killed it did, from the bed. Killed it from the bed. Didn't didn't take away from her performance at all. I, I, I thought she was... I mean, Rock all solid. the reviews were right. She was the breakout star of the movie. 100% man props to her man and if and you know for any film buff out there you know her story she was looking at I think it was like data analyst jobs and Marty hit her up personally to, to audition for this movie could you imagine your life is no. about to go to a nine to five Monday through Friday job and Martin Scorsese one of the GOAT directors hits you up in your inbox to go audition for his film to be the leading actress and your life has just changed instantaneously. Where you- yeah. It's that, that, I mean, that's something else. That is something else. When, when somebody like that reaches out to you directly, it means, it means you've done something right. And yeah, data analyst jobs. I mean, hell, that's that sounds that's, awful. That's one of the wildest stories. Yeah, that's like uh, Kurt Warner stocking shelves at a grocery store, and then the Rams give him a call, and they're like, "Hey, wanna wanna come try out?" Like that's that <laughs> right. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, but she's yeah, she she's gonna be around. And, yeah, she balled out, balled out, and man, I just her stoic performance. I thought she played the part extremely well. Like I said, balled out from being bedridden as good as you could play a yeah. bedridden person, you know. So, man, and she had to very impressed. She had to do a lot in this movie. Her character went through hell, 
uh, you know, like we mentioned, her whole family basically killed. All her sisters are killed. Um, her first husband is killed. Her mother dies. Like, one of her kids dies. Like, it's just... It's and then she finds out her husband was the main reason behind it all. Just not... Yeah. Unbelievable performance, I thought. Um, that'll be her first nomination. You'll have De Niro probably getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He was in the movie way more than I expected. I I didn't expect him to be in the movie as much as he was. Welcomed, uh, Welcomed. 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 That'll be his eighth nomination, Bryce. It'll be his third Ooh. for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and then Scorsese will be nominated for Best Director. He He might even win that. Uh, he already does have one, but they might give him another one just as like a, a thank you Oscar, if you will. Uh, some other things that can be nominated for production design, cinematography, editing, adapted oh, screenplay. Shots, yeah. Great shots. The shot at the end overhead of everybody yeah. dancing around. My favorite shot. Great. It was actually shown in the trailer, the TV spots. It was the fire playing in De Niro's glasses. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite shots, man. It's a great shot. Yeah. Marty, dude. Great trailers for this movie. Oh, fantastic trailers. Fantastic. Like, if if you did, that didn't make you want to see it. I don't know what what will. I mean, he just knows what to do. He knows what the people want. De Niro was, I mean, yeah, he played a villain, but I wouldn't call him menacing. Like he was just, he was conniving. He was, yeah, he was conniving. That's what he was. He was conniving. He just blended in with everybody, acted like he was there to help, and it was the exact opposite. But whacking people left and right. Kind of like almost yeah, like a modern was. like mob almost like a mob boss. So I I mean it went back to Marty's yeah. roots with the with the uh the gangster movies, you know. It was just, it's exactly it's just a different it kind of gangster movie. Uh one that you know he really hasn't done. So I I thought that was really interesting. Just the parallels that you could draw from Marty's previous films. A lot of parallels to draw, especially from the crime the crime lens, but uh Jesse Plemons, I thought was solid. Scorsese clearly taking a Plemons. liking to him. Plemons, dude. Plemons. How Plemons. does he get these roles? Todd. Todd. Pick it, Todd. We're going to see about these murders. There was, was never a, like a bone in my body that was like, dude, this this Todd guy from Breaking Bad, he's going places, dude. <laughs> well, dude, Marty saw some. He's been in his last two movies. So. He really loves, he loves guy. <laughs> He's gotten to work uh, with De Niro twice, twice. Yeah, and it, he was he had a he led in an HBO show. I mean, just the dude's living his best life, getting these getting these roles, man. Yeah, got to lay down next to Elizabeth Olsen in a TV show. He's doing great. He's doing great. They're just doing fine. great with himself. More power to you. Uh, yeah, more power to you. This is uh, let's see here. This is the sixth feature film De Niro, or sorry, this is the sixth feature film Scorsese and DiCaprio have done together. Uh, it's their first one since The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, and then this is the tenth feature film De Niro and Scorsese have done together. So he's done a combined uh, 16 movies 
with those guys. Some of the best movies uh, of all time have been done uh, with those three guys. So very lucky to still have them together. Um, Bryce, if we look at uh, the rankings, I think it's time. I think it's time to get in the rankings here. Uh, who do you want to start with? Who do you want to start with? Do Leo. Do Leo. All right. This this was the Do toughest Leo. one for me. This was the toughest list for me of the two lists. Um, we're doing the top five Leonardo DiCaprio performances. Uh, what we thought were his best performances of his career. This was fucking hard. This was hard. I was agonizing about this. This I knew I was gonna leave something off. Five just wasn't enough. Uh, but, but I don't feel like there's wrong answers here. Like either one of these categories that we do tonight, I do not feel like there's wrong answers. Like I'm very confident in my one through four, and I'm with you. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Uh, but my number five is the one where I don't know. I th- I thought I just needed every era of Leo, and number five was. <laughs> Was the one where I was like, I'm I'm gonna leave something off, but I have to I have to do it. I have to do it. I want my list to encompass all of Leo's and I needed something to do that. But give me give me your number five. Give me your number five best Leo performance. Okay, here we go. Number five. Give me once upon a time in Hollywood. Ah. They made my uh, list I, as well. Yeah, he, he he's so good in that. Uh, like you said, you mentioned the trailer scene. Um, I didn't think when he's like in his house, you know, like drunk, you know, I think he even does that well. I just overall and the movie really didn't feature Leo. It was more about Brad Pitt, which we thought it was the other way around when we saw this. And we got a lot more Brad and somehow he was still like the supporting actor. You're like, okay. Uh, yeah. but Leo was still fantastic. I have it at number five. Yeah, that's that made my list. Uh, it's a great pick. I thought the trailer scene was the signature moment for him in that movie. Um, but yeah, it did actually turn out to be kind of a Brad Pitt movie. He ended up being the big winner of that movie at the Oscars. Oh, massive! Uh, I think any other year that was the Walking Phoenix Joker year. So I think any yeah. other, almost any other year, Leo probably wins Best Actor uh, for that. But just a bad luck year for him. <laughs> Number five for me, I got Catch Me If You Can. Okay. I I, can. Uh, this was a tough omit for me, actually. Yeah, this, I had it uh, over a couple roles that killed killed me, including this movie that we're talking about tonight. Um uh, really killed me but i had to sneak in a young leo performance uh i'm just unsure how many actors at that time early 2000s would have successfully pulled this role off because you have to be you have to be charming yet a scumbag and lying through your teeth the whole movie and he was awesome he also had he had pressure working with spielberg at the time, uh, Hanks, you know, yeah. working with, working with Tom Hanks, working with uh, Christopher Walken, but it's just a fun movie with a fun performance by him. 
I had to get in something from his early years. I just felt like it had to be this or uh, Titanic, and I went I went with this just simply because I liked it better. So I had to sneak a young one in there. But it was very tough to leave off some of the ones I did. Yeah. No, so give me your number four. My number four. Maybe I'm a bit biased. But I'm going to go with Inception. I think Inception, I think uh, the scenes between him and his wife... Especially when she's when she's jumping off the ledge, you know I had to put in. You know I'm, I'm a sucker for it. You know Inception's like my favorite movie of all time. I'm such a sucker for. It. I don't care. I don't care. But I think it's it's the scenes, it, a couple scenes, the scene where Maul is jumping off the ledge in real life. I think that, and then I think when things go awry, when they get into the first layer of the dream. Uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, or, or and he just pops off at Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Um, I think that right there kind of did it for me. Um, but just, just the the ultimate one. It's just such a layered movie, and to go through that, I think it is just impressive to me. So number four, I have Inception. Can't disagree. Uh, I wish they'd work together again. I wish him and Nolan worked together again. Oh man, me too. Yeah. Um, I've told the story on this pod many times of me going to see Inception in theaters again uh, during the summer of 2020, and it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had. At that moment in time, it was probably the best that I've ever had in the theater. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish they'd work together again. That'd be that'd be cool. Uh, well, my number four actually came out in the same year as Inception, and it's Shutter Island. Shutter Island, uh, I think probably his most haunting performance. All I can say about it is, just watch it. Like just, just, just watch the movie. Watch it twice, because after you watch it, knowing what happens in the end, you're just like, this guy, this performance was took way more than it looked like on the surface. Like it, you, you look at it totally differently after you, after you watch it again. So number four, I got shutter Island. Uh, I'm already, I'm already collab with him. Yep. Okay. My number three, Zach. Janko Unchained. Alvin Candy, oh. Alvin Candy, Candyland, baby. Here's why. I, I mentioned it earlier on the pod. He's the big bad. It. He is the big bad. It was. It was the cut hand scene, man. To break glass in your hand and keep filming with blood gushing out of your fist. <clears throat> Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. It's an incredible yeah. scene. All time. If you want to point to, okay, how good was Leo? You could look at that and be like, that's, he is him. He is him from that scene right there. Give me number three, Django Unchained, baby. Yeah, that is a, he is him scene. Uh, his first time working with Quentin. Um, 
just dominated the director. Basically, with. as soon as he came on screen, he just dominated the film. Just dominated it. Uh, at first, his first time playing like a a bona fide villain, like. And it was it was it was great. Uh, my number three is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the other Tarantino movie that he has. Uh, it, for him, that movie, it was just a reminder of who the best actor in town is. Just like yeah, I'm still I haven't made a movie since The Revenant, but here you go, and you know gets nominated for best actor. Uh, like I said, first movie since The Revenant. Interesting role for him to take, I thought. Uh, as an actor dealing with being past his prime and him being like in the thick of his prime, I thought that was interesting for him to take a role like that, kind of at the height of his powers. But him and Tarantino, hope they make another movie. Uh, don't know if he's going to be in the movie critic. I don't think he's slated to be at this point, but you know, a guy can hope maybe someday they can get on the set together again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Okay, my number two, Wolf of Wall Street, baby. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, Wolf. Uh, I mean, what what hasn't been said on this podcast about this movie? <laughs> uh, I think it's been covered and documented uh, well enough on this on this podcast. But I mean, it's just from beginning to end. Leo has energy. <clears throat> Caleb or, or uh, Zach, I'm sure you've seen the clip of Leo kind of like dead face, and then they they clap the what, what do they call that thing? What do they call that? Yeah, I know what you're talking the about marker. Okay, the little marker thing, and he just snaps right into character. I mean, it's just unbelievable what he did in that movie and how it's been. It's still being talked about, and that was what 2013. Ten years. 10 years 10, 10 year anniversary this years. year so uh and we still talk about that movie what does that tell you uh, i mean something had to go right and it just wasn't the plot it's just a wild movie unbelievable story and they picked the perfect guy to play it so number two wolf of wall street for me my number two the pod the pod is my number two uh in my opinion, the most important role of his career. Because it's when he transitioned from heartthrob to legitimate A-list actor. Like, this guy has the chops. Uh, very hardened character. Very complex plotline. A lot of nuances that he had to nail down. And he nailed them down beautifully. I believe it was his third time working with Marty after Gangs of New York and uh, The Aviator. And he stood out in an ensemble of Martin Sheen, Matt Damon, Vera Farmiga, Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg, and Jack Nicholson. I thought he gave the best performance out of all those people. He should have been nominated for Best Actor. Don't know how he wasn't. The saving grace is that this movie won Best Picture. It's, uh, I believe, the only Best Picture winner that he's been in. Uh, Martin Scorsese's only winner for Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, so a lot of historical stuff with this movie, but I I thought it's the most important role of his career. 
So I had it number two. Yeah, uh, number one for me is actually The Departed as well, just for the reasons that you said. Um, I, it's, it ages so well. You, If you watch it, if you turn it on for somebody that had never seen it before. It's unbelievably rewatchable. Unbelievably. Unbe- I mean, Zach, how often do we quote that movie? <laughs> I mean, it, it's an unbelievable amount. Anytime you know where on. I am on L Street. Uh, right, right. <laughs> Get him a cranberry juice. <laughs> it's, it's not a clock. Lace curtain motherfucker. Uh, you like Little Miss shining your knob? <laughs> Little Miss thing shining your knob? Yes. <laughs> it's it, it's it's great man it's great like i said the scene where he's getting where he's got a he has his arm casted or his forearm casted in his hand and they rip off his cast and jack nicholson just beats it with a boot and leo's reaction to it you would think leo's arm is actually broken <laughs> the, way, yeah. the way he was reacting to that thing getting beat and it was just something to behold man Something to behold. It's how what well movie, do you handle those peaks. You you have to believe his character could flip out and kill somebody by like the snap of a finger. Like he has that much pent up rage, and you do you do believe it. You do believe it. Yeah, it um, was awesome. Love that movie. I don't blame you for having it number one, uh, but if it wasn't for the Wolf of Wall Street, Bryce, I would have had it number one. I understand. Uh, the man was born to play Jordan Belfort. It's the role. It's the role he was born for. I'm serious. It's the role he was born for. He he showed how funny he can be, uh, as well as how raunchy. I don't think anybody expected him to play just your textbook Wall Street jetbag financier. Like it's just simply had never seen this side of him before. Uh, or since I haven't seen it since, uh, and I kind of hope we don't ever see it again because this was such a. He should have won Best Actor for this movie. He simply should have. Uh, you know, no, no offense to Matthew McConaughey, gave a great performance in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, but nobody's gonna remember that movie. Nobody's gonna remember that performance. Everyone, like you said, Bryce, ten years later, still talking about Wolf of Wall Street, still talking about Jordan Belfort, still talking about Donnie. You know, still talking about uh, Naomi, like still talking about every character from that movie. And he sim- he simply should have won Best Actor. He simply should have won Best Actor. It's just as simple as that. Um, this is the first role I think of with Leo. It's the first role I think of. So it's what I got for number one. Had to be had to be Wolf for me. Had to be Wolf. I understand. I totally get it. I totally get it. Zach, are well, we doing our Scorsese? Uh, we're doing our Scorsese. I want to mention some honorable stuff for Leo. Uh, you know, I put Catch Me If You Can't Fit. It was really hard for me to leave off Django. Uh, really hard for me to leave off The Revenant. I thought about putting The Revenant on there simply because that's what actually got him. That's what's crazy, uh, man, is that's the one he wanted it for. But in our opinions, it wasn't the best. You know, and some people might listen to this and be like, how the fuck do you not have Revenant on there? But 
And I, I respect that because he won Best Actor for it and he should have. But I don't know. I just prefer these. And, you know, maybe Killers of the Flower Moon will make it on here someday. Um, yeah, I got to give it some time to breathe. Got to give it some time. Got to see how the Academy reacts to it. Um, and Great Gatsby. I wanted to give Great Gatsby a shout out. Uh, just because I thought he held up that movie. Uh, really charismatic. Uh, performance by him so uh scorsese rankings i'll go first bryce number five i got casino i got casino a movie i've begging been begging you to watch with me i know i know uh, another three-hour epic by marty uh if you read stuff from when it came uh, uh, from when it came out people were basically just saying it's goodfellas in vegas and it's really not if it moves a lot faster than that uh it's a tragedy similar to Goodfellas, but crime in Vegas is like a totally different animal than crime in New York where Goodfellas is. And De Niro leads it in De Niro's nineteen ninety five Bryce Casino and Heat. Meek De Niro. I Within watch like Heat right now. A month of each other. Yeah, I could watch E right now. I could watch E right now. Um, but this is a great movie. One of my favorite Marty movies. There probably are some that are better than it. Uh, but I just, I couldn't leave it off. It's one of the Marty movies I've seen the most. Um, so I have it five here. All right. Number five for me, Taxi Driver. Nice. Taxi Driver is a classic Um I mean, it's it's one of Marty's earlier films. Uh, I still think it holds up pretty well. Uh, disturbing movie at times, but um, interesting at the same time. A little bit slower. It definitely had that slower feel to it, the way movies were made, um, you know, back then. I think, what was that, 72? Or, or am I wrong about that? Uh, 72, 70s, 70, I think. Yeah, somewhere in the 70s. So it definitely had a slower feel. Maybe not something that our generation really takes well to, um, but if you understand art as a or cinema as, as an art, really interesting movie. And, and we still talk about Travis Bickle's character even today. I mean, look at the Joker. It almost felt like Taxi Driver in the DC universe. So number five for me, literally Taxi what Driver. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy six for Taxi Driver. Uh, okay, I was off. Same year as Rocky. How about that year? 1976. But the families were more have to go see Rocky. <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Taxi Driver is my number four. Uh, okay. Like you said, probably the quintessential character study, at least of the past like 50 years or so. Uh, De Niro did not win Best Actor. I don't know who he lost to off the top of my head. I don't want to say it's bullshit. Uh, since I don't know who won off the top of my head, but smells like bullshit. Uh, inspired Joker, like you said. Yes, very slow moving, but I think that was purposeful uh, because and if you're in a cab in New York, you're not going very fast. So, And you want to know what this guy thinks. So the more time you spend with him, the longer it feels like you're with him, the more you get to know him, the more you see how he thinks. 
Um, you also get incredible, one of the great child performances of all time from Jodie Foster in this movie. Um, some other great ones uh, from Peter Boyle. Uh, people our age, Bryce, probably know him as Frank from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. But he puts in a nice performance in this. Uh, Marty's even in this. Marty at one point yeah. is, is playing a literal cuck in the back seat of the taxi. <laughs> a literal cuck. Uh, so that's interesting, but uh, I had to put this in here. Uh, got this movie in my collection. All these movies that we're talking about, uh, I got them in my collection. And Taxi Driver, I have that 40th anniversary edition, so I'm proud to have that. Uh, a lot of great features on that one, but Taxi driver had to be on the list. Had to be. Yeah. Uh, and just to follow up your question or your uh, thought about De Niro, uh, best actor, it was Peter Finch uh, in Network, played Howard Beale. Uh, he won for best actor, which is kind of shocking, actually, Zach, given the fact that Rocky won best picture and best director, but Stallone didn't win best actor. So I don't know what right. happened there, but. Um, I've never seen Network, so I'm not going to comment. But it won four Oscars that year: Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Screenplay, uh, written directly for the screen. So yeah, it's very very well regarded. Uh, I've just never seen it, so I don't want to. Nah, I don't want to shit on it. Yeah, I can't speak to it. Uh, my number four. Uh, it's actually Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I I respect this movie nice. so much. I it made the list. I am I was impressed by it. Like I said, if you can entertain me for three and a half hours and I don't have a desire to look at my phone, maybe that's a me problem with the phone thing. But if I don't have a desire to reach for my phone, you did something right. And this movie did everything right. Like you said, even during the lull moments. I saw a TikTok before I went and saw this that a guy said I was looking for a place to go pee and I couldn't find it. And I couldn't either. I felt like the entire movie was was pretty vital to what to the to the plot, to the storytelling. And that's when you know a movie is good right there. I don't want to reach for my phone and I don't want to get up and go pee. So number four, Killers of the Flower Moon for me. I like it. Um, I like that you had it in here. Uh, I bought the book, and you see, it's not that thick of a book. That's so that bad. tells me he told the whole story. Almost they he he put almost everything he could in the movie. So yeah, I'm sure there's uh, a cut that's like five hours. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. I mean, we might get it on the 4K. Who knows? We might get it on the 4K. Um, great pick. Don't have a problem with you having it there this soon. Um, especially if it wins some hardware. Number three, we got Raging Bull for me. Uh, I think one of the best sports movies of all time. I took this in our sports movie draft that we did um, a year or two ago on the pod. It's what won De Niro Best Actor. Uh, He won Best Supporting Actor and Best Actor, I think, within six years of each other. Um, It's the only two Oscars he won. Plays Jake LaMotta in this movie. Very troubled heavyweight boxer. Basically tears down himself and everyone around him. Really powerful performance by him. You get a great performance from Joe Pesci as well, playing his brother, uh, Joey. Joey LaMotta. 
Um, <clears throat> really great stuff. I I really want the 4K version of this movie. Um, I I recommend it to anyone. Anyone, uh, if you want early Scorsese and De Niro together, I think this is the best movie they made together until Goodfellas, and that's saying that's saying a lot. Um, wh- what do you got, number three, Russ? Well, number three, before I get number three, uh, just so you know, the Criterion uh, sale is coming about 50% off here. I believe this during this weekend and Raging Bull is Criterion now. And I do believe they have a 4K version, just FYI. Well, I need to get Raging Bull and I need to get Thief. I need to get Michael Mann's Thief. Um, So I might be heading to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that might be in the cards there. That might be a Friday trip there, Zach. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, my number three. Uh, you're probably not going to like this. Uh, I'm going to put Goodfellas at three. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, wow. probably need to do, I, I probably need to do a rewatch on this because uh, I feel like I was distracted while I watched this and I didn't really appreciate it as much as like you do or other people hold it in regard to. Uh, I For me, I kind of felt like it was slow at times. But it was still really good. Like I said, I probably need to do a rewatch on this, and it might get higher. Uh, but Goodfellas, nonetheless, made my list at three. Well, uh, I would recommend doing a rewatch on it. Um, there is, it's very fast paced. It's it's a lot like The Departed in that way. It's, it's kind of fast paced. Um, they're they're very much follow the same narrative structure a little bit. Uh, obviously, Goodfellas doesn't follow as many characters at a time as The Departed does, but they're very similar in that way and how they're told. But number two, I got The Departed. I got The, the Departed. The one. It, got him the, it got him the elusive best director. It got him the best picture. Incredibly rewatchable, memorable characters. Uh, a dream team cast, like we mentioned. Uh there may be better movies than this on his resume. Like if people want to sit down and say, well, Wolf's better or Raging Bull's better. It's actually drive. What? Well, well, I don't care. Like maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but I have this number two. Just, I can't have it any lower than number two. It's just, I, I can't. So departed. I can't have it. I can't have it any lower than two. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, my number two, Zach is Wolf. Um, it's just, Oof, nice. Marty, Marty nails these long movies. He just has it with the with these long films. I and I just I don't mind at all. Wolf, it's just a fun movie. Uh, it kind of breaks up the seriousness that Marty usually puts forth in his movies. Yes, he adds comedies in these movies, but it's definitely a detail oriented film that he normally puts out kind of tells a serious story, but with Wolf, it's just kind of like this. You, you would almost feel like a lot of it is fiction and some of it is, but not all of it, you know, like this, this is a dude's life. That's what he was doing. And it's just, yeah. it's just crazy to think about because I don't know about you, Zach, but it's kind of out of the norm for Marty to do a film like that, not a biopic, yeah, obviously we know his his history biopics, but that type of film where it's just almost too ridiculous. You know what I mean? Well, Belfort himself even said, like, yeah, most of that was true. Most of that actually happened. 
Like it, he didn't even try and <laughs> save. Most of it was dramatized or crazy. exaggerated. Like that's, and that's a book I want to read eventually too. It's um, the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, but yeah, that's can't blame me for having it too. Uh, my number one though, Goodfellas. Uh, it was no contest for me. I thought this was his best movie, Head and Shoulders. Uh, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Um, obviously, the late great Ray Liotta leading the pack, somehow not nominated for any awards for this movie. That's aged like milk. That is aged awful. Um, but you get one of the great De Niro performances. You get one of the great supporting actors of all time with Pesci brought home the gold for this one. Uh Bryce, our girl, Dr. Melfi from The Sopranos, Lorraine Bronco, yes, um, yes. putting in powerhouse performance. Scorsese is no stranger to getting powerhouse performances from his main actresses. I didn't even mention Sharon Stone when I was talking about Casino. That's one of the best acting performances from an actress I've ever seen. She got nominated, didn't win either. Uh, but I, I couldn't have anything else here. Granted, I'm I'm a little biased. It's my favorite movie of all time, um, but I think it's his best movie. Gun to my head, yeah. it's his best movie. Totally understand. Totally understand. Do you know who Sharon Stone lost out to? Nineteen ninety five. She lost to. Oh. I know it. I know it. I know it. She lost to... I know it. I know it. It pissed me off. I know it. Was it Emma Thompson? It was not. She was nominated, though, for Sense and Sensibility. Who was it? It was Susan Sarandon, Dead Man Walking. Oh, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. That's bullshit. Look, great performance. Fine movie. But Dude, this is no. crazy. So Dead Man Walking was adapted from a nonfiction book that was written in nineteen ninety-three. So in just two years they decided to make a movie about this. That's what they did back then. They didn't waste time. Dude, they, didn't they waste are any not time. messing around. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Like, this big wow. book's out, let's buy the rights and fucking pump out the movie. Like with Jurassic Park, I think they released the movie like one or two years after the book came out. Same thing with Jaws. The year after. The year after the book came out, they're pumping out the wild. movie. And I guess what's wild because I'm looking at this. So Mel Gibson didn't even get a nod for Best Actor for, for Braveheart, but it won Best no. Picture, Best Director. Yes, that was kind of the consolation prize. Braveheart's like a lot. People don't talk about Braveheart that much. Like Brave Braveheart's fucking awesome. It's a fucking awesome movie. That's, that's wild to me, dude. Like the what? Okay, I mean, hey, whatever. Anyway, I won Best Actor that year. Uh, it was. Um, oh, I just lost that. Hold on, just De Niro was not nominated for Heat or Casino. Which seems, no. seems like a joke. It was Nicolas Cage, your boy Nick. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, that's fine. That's a good. That's Which a good one. Some of the some of these. 
I mean, Richard Dreyfuss for Mr. Holland's Opus. If you haven't seen Mr. Holland's Opus, you should watch it. Have you seen it? Really? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's I good. I want to watch it. It's good. Uh, Anthony Hopkins as Richard Nixon in Nixon. Didn't even know. Oliver Stone, right. apparently. Oliver Stone. Yeah, I knew it was Oliver that. I knew it was Oliver Stone. But. Uh, Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking. Okay, but do I need to see Dead Man Walking? Well, no, we you have don't. to be on the table. And then uh, Massimo Troyosi, a posthumous nomination in this movie mm. called Il Postino, The Postman. Yeah, I've heard of that movie. Never seen it. Uh, uh, just don't, interesting you don't, you, you, you don't need to see Dead Man Walking. It's a fine movie. Okay. okay. It's fine. But That's fair. I don't okay. know. You look back you look back now and heat's not on there, whatever. Joke. My number one is the departed, Zach. Uh you know how I feel about the departed. Um it's aging beautifully. Uh anytime it's on TV, I'm mainly watching that. I'll watch it I'll sit down and watch it again. It's that good. All the performances. It's quotable, it's funny, it's serious, it's shocking, great twists, awesome movie, awesome, awesome movie. Yeah, um, I have no problems with the having number one. Um, I've seen it, I would say out of all of his movies, I've probably seen Goodfellas the most, then Departed, then Wolf. Um, Wolf didn't even make my list. Unfortunately, actually, I've probably seen Casino more than Wolf, but yeah, great list. Love them. But Bryce, I'm going to end the pod. I'm going to make a declaration here. I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it, man. I'm ready to do it. It's okay. it's time. It's time to crown him. I think he's the best director of all time now. Oh. <laughs> it, took, it took me. Go you know, I'm always. <laughs> Talk. I've been adamant on this pod and even off the pod, off the record to you and you know to other people. I thought Steven Spielberg was the best. I thought his his range was the best. The number of iconic movies was the best. But I think Spielberg's last few years have really opened the door for somebody to take the reins and that somebody had to be it had to be somebody like Scorsese who consistently pumps out movies uh doesn't take long breaks if he does they're worth it and even if he does take breaks i mean his last movie was the irishman that came out 4 years ago but it seems like it came out yesterday you know before well, we that have to take it into was account covid too yeah you have to take into account covid or else we might have got this one sooner um uh, before that, it was Wolf of Wall Street. That was six years, which is probably one of his longer gaps that he's ever had. But basically from the 90s all the way to now, I mean, he's been pumping out movies. Let's see here. I mean, 99, 02, 04, 06, 10, 11, 13, 16, 19, 23. Like, he doesn't take long breaks. In the 90s, he goes 90, 91, 93. 95, 97, 99. So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six movies in a decade. That is a lot. That is a lot. And 
he doesn't miss. I mean, the only miss he's had basically since 2000 is Hugo. I mean, that's, that's basically it. All these other ones, they're good. We've probably talked about them tonight. The only ones we haven't talked about are Gaze in New York, Aviator, and Silence. But all three of those, yeah. at the very least, are good. And if you look at Spielberg's last few years, they haven't tarnished his legacy or anything. I've been on the record saying I think he's cooked. I think he's done. Uh, and basically from the BFG on, I would say that's the case. Haven't seen the Fablemans yet. Fablemans got a lot of love last year, so I can't speak on that. But when you're remaking West Side Story, color purple, and you're 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 making the post with, with Tom Hanks, who also I think is cooked, might be cooked. Probably time to have the conversation about Tom Hanks being cooked. Like when you're doing that kind of stuff, when you're doing Ready Player One, which Really didn't have an audience. I thought it was a fine movie, but didn't know who that movie was really for. Like when you're when you're playing around with the remakes and just making movies with Tom Hanks just to make movies. Like, meanwhile, Martin's doing like Flower Moon and Irishman and a powerful movie like Silence and The Wolf of Wall Street, which is like a straight up comedy. Like. Spielberg's not doing that. He's not doing that nowadays, which is fine. You know, he can do what he wants. He certainly earned the right to do what he wants at this stage of his career, but I think he left the door open for the GOAT conversation. I think Scorsese took he took the wheel from him, Bryce. I think he took the wheel from him. And if you look, look at the body of work. Look at the body of work. These last few years, I think, have put his horse ahead of Spielberg's. That's not an easy thing to do. And it's not an easy thing to say, but I'm saying it right now, and I believe it. Marco says he don't, don't. I am not going to push back on that. And I guess what I'll say to to kind of strengthen your case is he's now 80 years old, and this movie came out, and it still feels like it's in good taste. It's in touch. And I, I, because normally when you wait, like Spielberg, right, you're getting, you're getting a guy who is trying to rekindle, you know, feelings from, you know, when original movies were made, right? Think about the Fablemans that was set in, you know, it, it's almost like a, a biography of Spielberg, right? Set back when he was a kid. West Side Story, that movie came out years ago, right? Now we're trying to rekindle that. Scorsese isn't trying to rekindle it. He's still telling stories that were set in different times. But again, it's 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 made in a way that translates to modern cinema and is still watchable and rewatchable and still grabs national attention and the attention of the Academy. And I think that I, I think that's super important when you're making films. And Scorsese's doing this at 80 years old. And he says he doesn't have any any desire to quit now. I mean, it's just impressive stuff, man. It's impressive stuff. So I'm not going to push back on that. When you look at the body of work and the way he's he's continuing to go, I'm good with it, man. I'm good with it. Like you said, quality over quantity. And he's kind of doing both right now. He's putting out movies at a steady clip the past few years. And... 
you know, all of them have been, I would say at least like eight out of tens. They're just, they don't miss. They don't miss. He puts a lot of care into them. I don't think Spielberg puts the amount of care into his movies now that he did say, even when something like Catch Me If You Can came out. Like, I don't think Spielberg can make a Catch Me If You Can quality movie now. I just don't think he could. No. No. I'm not shitting on the guy. I'm not shitting on him. I understand what he's done. I have him second now. I have him second best director. Uh, you know, we don't need to sit here. We could be here all night listing off the iconic movies he's made, Bryce. But I just think he gave up the seat is all. He gave up the crown. But that's how we're going to end it tonight, Bryce. Martin Scorsese says he goats. Killers of the Flower Moon. Go see it. Go see it in all its glory, all its three and a half hour glory. Uh, and be on the lookout for it at the Oscars next year. Uh, it's going to take home some stuff. So, Bryce, what what do we have to plug on the network here? Oh, you know, we got Lynn Sanity plugging away on the NFL season. We're about halfway through the season. You know, we're going to have your weekly updates, your weekly get the sack. Uh, we're going to hit all the big time games. We don't talk punt, blowouts. Punt, 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 punt. punt, punt. <laughs> if you want to hear sound bites from Caleb Lynn week to week, listen in. Uh, so that's what we got going on. That's what Scorsese, that's what uh, Spielberg did to his goat status. Punt, punt, punt. Yeah, we got, we got Lynn Sanity coming down the pipe. Alex put out a monologue last week for the start of the NBA season. Uh, and then we have back shoulder fade coming at you uh, this week as well, along the same time as Lynn Sanity. Uh, we're talking NFL bets. Talking college football bets, we're talking World Series, talking NBA. Bryce, it's the sports equinox today, so we have everything going on. Uh, no shortage of betting to talk on back shoulder fade. So we'll be following Caleb's Utah Jazz, his favorite team this year. Uh, see how they're doing. We'll check in on them. But uh, yeah, good pod, Bryce. Good pod tonight. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening to Circle City Cinema.